Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Tuesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live on NBCSN. Chris Sims still at home. I've always been at home. Uh, But, Chris, you've been doing that. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Because you're such a creature of habit like me. You don't like changes like me. When it's time to go back to the studio, you are not going to want to go back to the studio. I don't know about that, okay? I mean, there's some positives here, but I think I'm the type I've realized that needs to get out of the house a little bit every day. I think for the betterment of myself and probably the betterment of my whole family, they need me the hell out of here for a few hours every day for sanity. Uh, But there is something about it, my getting up in the morning, not having to worry about getting in the car and, you know, oh, man, am I going to get there in time? And dealing with all that, it's very relaxing to be able to eat some breakfast in the kitchen and then mosey my way over and pour some coffee to bother you a little during the commercial segment. So cheers to you there, slugger. And then when you're done, right, you're done. You're home. It's like that. There's no commute. It's great. It's awesome. Uh, and look, I, I've, I've had 11 years to adjust to the concept of working at home. The biggest challenge is staying out of the refrigerator. Have you been successful in that regard? I'm, I'm good at that. I, yes, I've been pretty healthy. And, I'll, you know, being at home, I, I've been good and dedicated to getting a good workout in every day. Every day around 4.30, 5 o'clock, I get something done. So I've enjoyed that. Now, who I'm really pissing off in this whole thing is my little boy, Philip. Because when we get done with the show, you know, I'm, I'm in draft study. So I go down and watch players and I sit there at his video game command center. And that's where I've been watching it. So he comes down in the morning, every morning, pissed off that I'm on there and he can't play his Fortnite for, you know, a half hour before he starts his schoolwork. Well, and he can't anyway, because he, we've already established that Philip was taking up all the bandwidth. 
So your your technology wouldn't work. So you know if you would if you would break break open the wallet and get get the higher grade <laughs> of the internet package, maybe you guys could multitask. We'll see. I mean, if you know my employers and you know you could pay me just a little bit more, yeah. I would be able to get a better it's, internet service. That, 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 that higher package, that higher package, really is going to break the budget. Let me tell you. All right, uh, we got plenty of football to talk about, and hey. Guys may want to upgrade their home Wi-Fi package, their home internet package, because the virtual off-season program is now a reality for the NFL. It took the league and the players' union a while to get to the point where they have negotiated the contours of this thing. There was a nine-page memo created yesterday by the NFL Management Council that was sent to all teams that explains how this is going to work. And what they're trying to do is take the program that would happen at the facility and simulate it for home use with study at home and with workouts at home. And one of the things, and somebody I know texted me last night and was kind of joking about it, one of the things that teams can do for guys who don't have equipment at home, sufficient equipment to work out, they can send them up to $1,500 worth of workout equipment or they can reimburse them for up to $1,500 worth of workout equipment, which raises the question, what can you buy for $1,500 by way of workout equipment for a professional athlete? Probably not all that much. No, probably not. You know, but the one thing I think about, and I talked to Eric Armstead for the 49ers yesterday for my podcast a little bit. You know, these, I think about defense and offensive linemen. You know, their job is predicated on their ability to move weight and move big people and be powerful that way. So if you're not home and don't have an extensive Mike Florio workout kit like you do down there in Chateau de Florio, then it's tough sledding. What do you do? What do you do if you're Aaron Donald right now and you're looking to go, man, I got to move 320 pounders around in a few months, and here I am doing push-ups on the floor. Push-ups are great, but they're not going to help them move 320 pounders. So yeah, I would think that they would try to get some legitimate heavy weight so they could do that, a lot of these guys. Yeah, and then the thing is, whatever you buy now, like you really don't need it in the future because in the future you're going somewhere else to get that work in. You don't need all that stuff at home, but this is stuff that guys are going to have. Maybe they'll be selling it on eBay next year at this time, but and hopefully next year at this time they won't need it at home because they won't need to be staying at home and the world will be back to something resembling normal. But uh, just one of the realities of trying to get these programs accomplished with guys unable to leave their homes in most jurisdictions, really most of the country right now is under a stay-at-home order. So four hours a day, four days per week is the virtual off-season program. And the memo points out that it's all as voluntary as the in-person program. And look, I, I can't imagine anyone not wanting to do this. You're stuck at home, right? It, I mean, you can play video games. You can do a puzzle. You can play a board game. You can watch you know, a movie for the 50th time, or you can take four hours a day, four days a week, and have something that you can immerse yourself in that breaks up the monotony of being at home. So I'd be shocked if a lot of guys you know, cross their arms and say, this is voluntary and I'm not going to do it. I mean, for starters, you get paid $235 a day that you do it. And also, more importantly, it gives you something to do for four hours a day that is going to prepare you when it's time to go back to work to be even better equipped to uh, to make the team, 
to hold a starting job, to win a starting job, and to ultimately contribute to your team's success? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Got, players got to be bored out of their mind. You know, you would think they, they would want to do something like this. And, you know, also, I would think this is a type of year where, you know, there'll be a little more scrutiny maybe from the coaches if players aren't, you know, more involved in, in the offseason program. Hey, listen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, if they miss a few days here and there, that's great. But I think, you know, guys will be under the microscope. Yeah, you know, this is voluntary. Damn, look at all that ink I got on my pen. Yeah, it or my fingers. But yeah, it's voluntary. But I think this is going to be a little more scrutinized and under the microscope than most years because I think a lot of coaches are going to look at it and go, damn, most likely not going to get an offseason. We don't know what training camp's going to look like. These are important hours. And they're going to want their quality players to be involved, too, just to show the leadership that, hey, oh, hey, Johnny Superstar's on the call and on the meeting. I better get – if I'm just low-level, you know, Johnny on the roster guy – I better get on there too and, and get on my P's and Q's and start being a professional. And, and here's another aspect to it that makes it even more intriguing this year. In a normal season, when guys aren't showing up at the facility, exercising their right to not be there for the voluntary phases of the offseason, and it's all voluntary except for the three-day mandatory minicamp every team has, reporters become aware of it because the guy's not there and other guys are there and they can ask questions. Hey, where's Jimmy? And, and so it eventually comes out that the guy's not there. With everyone at home and no way for anyone to monitor who's in or who's out, we may not know who's skipping unless there's a coach that doesn't like it and wants to put a little heat on the guy. That's right. They may say, they may say hey, Jimmy's not participating. You may want to be aware of this. And then the next thing you know, there's a story about how a guy is being selfish. He's not a team player. He's at home. What else is he doing? He's sitting around playing video games. Why not be involved in this? It's, you know, we all need to come together and the football teams need to come together too. I mean, it's going to be an ugly PR push if anybody does choose to not participate. If the team chooses to, to out him as someone who isn't putting in his four hours a day, four days per week. Well, if you're a, if you're a significant player on the roster, someone's going to tattletale you on you in a year like this. If you're if you're you know a starting corner, and not saying you're you know a superstar, but you're one of the starters. Yes, you know if you don't you know log in every day and aren't a part of these four hour meetings for four days a week during this little you know crisis or not little, but this crisis we're going through in our country right now, and you have nothing else to do, someone's going to out you. Yeah, the coaches might. But I wouldn't be shocked if the players do, too. That'll bother players, especially the leaders of certain units on offense and defense. You know, who's to say one of them doesn't do an interview with you or somebody like you, right? And then they go, oh, man, I mean, yeah, we got guys not showing up. And then they start to tell names, whatever it may be. So, you know, I do. I think, you know, I think the players are going to self-police uh, this a little bit this year to make sure guys are ready and doing all that they can do because they know, you know, okay, yeah, it's different than most of the off-seasons. Oh, you're going to do your workout with your trainer? You can't do that crap right now. There's, that's not allowed. So you have to be there on you know, the phone, the FaceTime, the Zoom, whatever, and get your work in that way. First of all, I really thought and hoped you were going to say self-police themselves. I've missed that. I haven't heard that from you in a while. <laughs> secondly, secondly, 
What your guy OBJ? That's his excuse every year for not being fully engaged in the offseason program. He's doing stuff on the beach in California. He's working out here. He's working out there. He's got his system. There is no system this year. What, what, what's he going to say? I'm going to work out at home doing something other than what than, right. than what is being prescribed. You're at home. You're going to work out. You may as well do the workout that the team is putting together for you. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. You're right. And, you know, the high-level players, you know, please don't make the mistake that we've seen Dak Prescott and Des Bryant make. Don't go out there with your personal trainer and, you know, disobey the, the, the social distancing rules that we have in our country right now. You know, that's just stupidity. Don't do that. And, yes, you know, you don't have the luxury of being somewhere with your own private workout instructor this year. So you're going to have to put in the time with the team. It's four hours a day. You're on house lockdown. You got nothing else to do. And I would expect most players are, and most teams will have just about full participation. And, and I don't want to launch into a rant here, Chris, but but it's not the social distancing that they need to worry about. It's the stay-at-home orders. That's the key. Yeah, right. It's not enough to say, hey, I was out at a gym and we were all at least six feet apart. No, but you're, you're living in a state or a county that has a clear stay-at-home order. It doesn't matter if you're 100 feet apart. You should be in your home like everyone else who is trying to get this thing kicked. And the only way to do it is if we all comply. You mentioned Dak Prescott. Yeah. Will he participate without a long-term contract? We talked last week how he would have had leverage at the start of Mike McCarthy's offseason program, new head coach with the Cowboys. They get to start early. April 6th is when they would have started. And Dak Prescott probably wouldn't have been there. Does it send the same message if he says to the Cowboys, hey, this all gets started April 20, I'm not doing anything until I have my long-term contract. Will the Cowboys feel a greater sense of urgency to get him paid? Or will they say, who cares? It's only a virtual offseason program. He's really not missing anything anyway. Well, I, I think it'll bother the Cowboys regardless. You know, there's going to be things that are going to be implemented here with the new Mike McCarthy offense where he's going to want, you know, certain plays, formations, creative things that he's brought to the table schematically to start introducing them to the football team. And of course, if you're going to introduce them to the football team, the quarterback needs to be there and, and be the guy that can kind of understand it. And of course, teach everybody when it comes time to, to get together and get in a huddle or whatever it may be. So I do think it's still effective, you know, where Dak Prescott, at least in my mind, I just has to make a decision. Does he want to draw that hard line and really play tough, you know, tough business and hardball, or does he want to, you know, get a little understanding of the new era that's underway in Dallas and just let things kind of take their course. And then there, therefore, when they do get back at training camp or getting play football, he's ready to go. That's a risk to me that he's got to think about a little bit about which way he wants to go there. Yeah. And look, I, despite. I mean, what would you opinions- do, Mike? What would you do if you're him? Would you play hardball or would you start to get a little understanding of the new system and do that. So you've put yourself in the best chance to succeed once training camp comes around. Well, let me back up a step. If I was him, I wouldn't have been out working out with Des Bryant twice. We I know that had a party <laughs> at my house on Friday night. So my we point know is that. this yeah. in this broader look, Hey, if you're going to be the quarterback of America's team, you have to have the broader PR reality in mind. It becomes a little bit harder. I think from a PR standpoint, for Dak to give the Cowboys the middle finger during this time where everything's upside down. P- 
people are trying to make chicken salad out of a situation where they can't have an offseason program. There's a new head coach. The Cowboys want to win. I just think that when you're already pushing it with some of these other things that have created bad press for Dak Prescott recently, maybe yeah, the right. smart move, given given these unforced errors, maybe the smart move is to, is to not make the strategic decision to say, I refuse to participate unless I get my long-term contract, especially since the Cowboys have kind of had his back in all of this. They haven't they issued have. a statement. They're not going to issue a statement. Uh, off the record, they're defending him. Um, I think he needs to take that into account because if they wanted to be, and I don't want to say jerks about this, you could argue they're being jerks by not calling him out, but if they wanted to give him a hard time, if they wanted to call it like it is, if they wanted to add to the chorus that is led by some like me saying that he was in the wrong here, they could, but they didn't. And he needs to factor all of that into his final decision. Yeah, I think that's a very good point, Mike. I do. You're you're right. And, you know, again, I, I love Dak Prescott. I'm not a big fan of what he did over here the last 10 days. Uh, but, you know, I think, again, it speaks to the confidence the Jones family has in him and how he's viewed within that Cowboys organization. Uh, the, the fact that they've kind of supported him and, like you said, supported him, you know, behind closed doors a little bit. I, I think your point is very real. And I think if I'm Dak Prescott, Hey, you go, you go to these meetings or, you know, you log on, you listen, you learn, you try to be a good leader. And there's still enough public pressure on the Cowboys to get this deal done. And at the very least, if training camp does come around, you, of course, can play hardball there, too, and decide not to show up or say you're not doing certain things or whatever it may be. So this is not like this is his last uh, line of defense here. One last point before we go. Workout bonuses will be tied to participation in this virtual offseason program. So whatever your percentage is to trigger the workout bonus, and for some it's 90%, you better be logging in. You better be checking the boxes. You better be doing what you're supposed to do because that's how you comply with that minimum percentage to get your workout bonus. It's going to be a combination of participation in the virtual offseason program and the actual one, if there is an actual one. But whatever days are available under either program, if you don't participate, that makes it harder to get your minimum percentage. And it's not just the workout bonus, guys, Chris. There are players who have salary de-escalators where they lose money on their base salary if they don't participate in the workouts. So don't let yourself think, ah, no big deal. There's no off-season program. I don't have to show up. Yes, you do. Or you're going to be either out money you could have earned or you're going to lose money on what your base salary would be for the coming season. Yeah, uh, those are those are real aspects of the NFL locker room. And, and man, you know, I don't know any other way to say it, but you got to be stupid not to, you know, join Zoom or FaceTime for four hours a day and do what you got to do. And then you got the rest of the day to yourself to do whatever. You know, that to me would show the ultimate lack of uh, disrespect to your team. And, you know, to yourself, really, that this guy's not willing to be a professional in some tough times. And I think that would tell teams a lot, too. There's no excuses right now. And I would be shocked to see too many players uh, take that approach. Speaking of stupid, the Panthers were the opposite of stupid in paying their new face of the franchise, Christian McCaffrey. Which running backs are up next to get big contracts or not? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this.
Christian McCaffrey taken to social media on Monday. Thanks for all the kind messages. The work continues, and he knows how to put that work in, and he has gotten rewarded for the work yes, he that does. he has performed in three NFL seasons. $16 million per year on a four-year extension. He's not even 24 yet, Chris, and he uh, already – You'd call him that. We just call him the best running back in football right now. There'll be some other guys that could make an argument that they're as good, if not better. But a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving, only the third guy in NFL history to do it, joining Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. I'd say that puts him up there. Yeah, I, I mean, he's the best all around running back in the sport right now. I, I got no problem saying that. Do I believe maybe he's the best pure runner in the sport? You know, no, I think that's debatable. I would say there's two or three other guys in that conversation, but. Who? Regardless, who? You're, who? Well, I, I, well, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at Nick Chubb. I'm gonna look at Dalvin Cook in that conversation. I think those guys got special attributes. You know, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, if he can improve on what he did last year too, he could be special that way. Derrick Henry. You know, I think during the conversation for that best pure runner type guy, but none of them care are as good as McCaffrey is in the past game. I mean, McCaffrey learned how to run routes from his father. You know, his father is an all-time great route runner. So now you're a freak of nature with muscles popping out all over your body, and your dad's taught you the nuances of running routes. You know, he runs routes as good as any receiver on the Carolina Panthers, and that's really what separates him, let alone he's got great physical ability. A couple of guys who are clearly on deck for long-term contracts or not. Derrick Henry of the Titans under the franchise tag this year. He has signed the tender he and the Titans have until July 15 to work out a long-term deal. And Kenyon Drake traded from the Dolphins to the Cardinals last year, did enough to get the Cardinals to say, see you later, David Johnson, put the transition tag on Kenyon Drake at $8.48 million this year. He has that July 15 deadline as well. And, Chris, here's the challenge for the teams. Do we make the major financial investment and run the risk of what we've seen happen when so many other running backs get that huge pot of money or do we say, keep chasing the carrot, you'll get rewarded eventually by us or maybe by someone else? Well, I think that's where the teams are going to have to really take into account the player that they have on their roster and his injury history and where he's at that way. You know, I think Carolina was very comfortable with Christian McCaffrey because they've seen the way he works and they know the state of his body, which is his business. That's, a, that's what it is. He hasn't been injured a lot. And... Mike, we talk about this a lot. He's not a car crash runner. You know, the one thing we've seen with Christian McCaffrey, all these carries at Stanford and now into the NFL, you know, he's such, got such great quickness and elusiveness, he very rarely gets squared up and crushed. And that's what I think teams are going to have to take into account is what type of football has that running back played? What's the state of his physical condition? And do we feel comfortable paying him? And if you feel comfortable paying him and you feel all those things are in the positive direction, like, wow, I think we could do it. To me, the smart move is to get out in front of it and pay the guy, you know, after the third year and, and just get it done and throw him out an offer that's big time, but maybe a little bit below market value or whatever it may be. Uh, but I think you're going to get a lot of running books to bite the hook on that one because they know how dangerous the position is and that they only got a certain amount of years as far as shelf life is considered playing running back in football. Yeah, I mean, for McCaffrey, the biggest injury risk uh, would fall into the Tom Brady, Chris Sims, L.A. Lakers, purple and yellow down there uh, category <laughs> when, he, when he tries to hurdle when he tries to hurdle someone who's wearing a helmet, 
which I think they've convinced him to not do that. All you, all you have to do is take a helmet to a sensitive area once, and uh, you probably learn not to do that, Chris. It started as Baltimore Ravens, and then it worked its way to Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers colors, okay? Just so you know. Right. It was very that's purple good. and black, and then it got the yellow and purple, okay? <laughs> that, that's that's when you know it was a deep bruise when it turns yellow. Uh, that's your uh, medical training Thank for today. Thank you, Vince Wilfork. A couple of other guys, a couple of other guys who currently are on deck, currently are eligible for new deals and want them. You mentioned Dalvin Cook. We've talked in the past about Alvin Kamara. And look, Kamara is the guy that the Saints would say is every bit as good as Christian McCaffrey. They just don't give Kamara the touches that the Panthers give McCaffrey. The Saints were one of the pioneers at the rotating running back. Remember when they got Reggie Bush and we all thought he was going to be Gail Sayers. We thought he was going to be the guy he was at USC. And he ends up being part of a three-man weave at running back. That's what the Saints do. They use at least two guys. So Kamara hasn't had a chance to generate the big numbers. But, you know, per per touch, he averages 5.82 yards. McCaffrey averages 5.87. So per touch, they're pretty much the same level of performer. Well, I mean, they, they do. I mean, Kamara's special, too. There's no doubt about it. And, Mike, like we talked about with McCaffrey, you know, the importance to him and that football team in Carolina because of Joe Brady running the Sean Payton offense. You know, as you and I both know, a guy like Alvin Kamara is – he's everything. It's Michael Thomas, get him the ball, and then it's a, a category of plays on Sean Payton's playlist that – is get Alvin Kamara the ball, not only to run the ball, but to catch the ball out of the backfield. So, yes, I don't think he's as talented as a runner as Christian McCaffrey is, uh, and nor do I think he's quite as good of a route runner. But Alvin Kamara is certainly in the conversation for one of the best running backs in football. But, you know, to your point, Mike, how much can he command when he doesn't have maybe the numbers that are eye-popping like a Christian McCaffrey or some of the other running backs in football? Yeah, look, I, I, it's, it's, uh, th- here's the question you have to ask yourself. If you're an Alvin Kamara, do you take, uh, do you understand that you're not going to get that huge contract, but the way they're using you, you're going to earn and you're going to play a lot longer. You're not going to yes, flame right. out. And, you know, there was a time when I would ask running backs, would you rather be the guy that has the ball 25 to 30 times a game? Or do you understand the value of being part of a rotation? And it was almost 100%, I want the ball, I want the ball, I want the ball. Now I think guys are starting to realize there's value in longevity. There's value in, you know, hitting ground rule doubles over the course of 10 years versus hitting a home run for two or three. And so right. I, I think, I you know, I don't think the Saints aren't going to give Kamara $16 million a year. They probably won't no give way. him $15 million a year. But but the the thing is he's gonna he's gonna continue to be a key member of that team and and this is the the, the argument that Sean Payton and or Mickey Loomis need to make to his agents he's gonna make a hell of a lot more money over the next ten to fifteen years fifteen may be a stretch but over the next ten than he would if if we did burn him up the way the Panthers are burning up Christian McCaffrey yeah I, I mean I think that's a real conversation and that's something Alvin Kamara is gonna have to weigh himself. And then also know where his body is at in that conversation. You know, he was a guy that was banged up last year. He told us that. He didn't feel 100% towards the, towards the, until the end of the season. But, you know, I look at Kamara. You know, the other one you brought up with Dalvin Cook, that would be the guy that I would be most concerned about if I was advising them because Dalvin Cook is a car crash runner. He runs through that hole like a bat out of hell 
and he takes people on. And yes, he can outrun them and make them miss, but he's certainly not shy of contact. And he's not a big guy either. That would be a guy, if I'm Dalvin Cook, I'm starting to go, eh, Minnesota, I don't know how good you guys would have been last year if it weren't for me. And I might be starting to, to ask for money. You know, that would be one that jumps out, Mike. And how about this guy, too? We yeah, well, forget on, about how on. great. Okay, go ahead. L- l- go ahead. I want to say one thing about Dalvin Cook, and then we got to take a break. Okay. He's missed, ni- he's missed 19 games in three seasons. Yeah. Last year was his first healthy year in the NFL, and they love Alexander Madison. I mean, there's no guarantee the Vikings are going to pay Dalvin sure. Cook. They may just turn it over to Madison and just keep keep that meat grinder going and find a guy every few years like the Broncos did when like they first we talked perfected about yesterday. the zone blocking, the one cut, right. find somebody else, find somebody else, find somebody else, and, and never give anyone that big contract. And the Vikings learned the hard way what happens when you give a running back a big contract. He kind of takes over your offense, and you become one-dimensional like they were with Adrian Peterson. All right, we got to take a break. And, and, and I got some news. I, and, and let's hold this for a little bit because it's not going to fit in what we're doing. But this is, this is a half-hour tease. Later in the program, I'm going to tell you something that will be enlightening based upon something we were discussing earlier. For now, though, I'll tell you that when we return, we will be making our picks in the draft of the best players in the AFC South. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. For everything he's done and for whatever he has left uh, in the tank, I'm all in with Tom Brady. Oh, my gosh. What a horrible pick. All these great players in the division. You go with a guy that's not one of the top 10 quarterbacks in football. You know, I love him. If this is a career accomplishment draft, yeah, he'd be the number one guy. But he's not one of the best players in this division right now. Is he the best jersey seller? Sure. Okay, yes. But I'm not ready to put him. I wouldn't. I'm not drafting him. And I ain't drafting any of the other quarterbacks either. Chris Sims landed on to Tom Brady yesterday. Tell us how you really feel, Sims, about the greatest quarterback of all time. My goodness. Well, he's not the greatest quarterback that. of all time, in my opinion. You know that. And obviously, Terry Bradshaw's opinion, too. I think there's other quarterbacks oh. out there that think that, too. <laughs> well, if Terry Bradshaw says it, then it's resolved. It's right? the word of law. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I will say this, though. I don't know if you caught any of the game last night, the 2009 Packers-Vikings first time Brett Favre faced Aaron Rodgers. I had no idea Aaron Rodgers became the starting quarterback of the Packers when he was 13 years old. My goodness. <laughs> it's been It's you. been a rough decade for Aaron Rodgers. That's for damn sure. Maybe he should go a little easier on the scotch. That's all I'm saying. All right. AFC South. Best teams in the division, or best players in the division, excuse me. Best players in the division draft. You've got the trivia question, Chris. If I get it right, I get the first pick, although I have no idea who I'm going to pick because there aren't a lot of great players in the AFC South, all due respect. Okay, here we go. Uh, You know the AFC South started in 2002. What running back has the most rushing yards in AFC South history? Fred Taylor. Well, you know, Fred Taylor wasn't there for much of the uh, 2002 and beyond. I know. Oh, it's got to be Edron James then. No, Edron James wasn't there long either. Maurice Jones Drew. Maurice Jones Drew. Yes, MJD. A guy that the Tony Dungy tells the story. They wanted to draft him in Indianapolis in 2006. That was the year that Edron James was gone. 
And uh, I don't know whether he was on the board and they didn't take him or the Jaguars got him first. But, yes, Maurice Jones-Drew. I forgot all about it. I mean, look, I know Maurice Jones-Drew has a gig with NFL Network, but isn't it amazing how guys who burn really bright in the NFL, like unless they're Hall of Fame level, it's it's easy to forget them. Uh, sorry, Maurice, I, I kind of forgot you. No, I, I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, he's an NFL legend, and, man, was he a hell of a player. I mean, one of those guys in person, Mike, again – you know, unbelievable set of legs, power, could make people miss, could outrun you. Uh, he was one of the better running backs I saw in my day, for sure. Uh, much respect right. to him. But I'm glad you, you missed first this pick. because there's an obvious first pick, and we know it's Deshaun Watson. He's so freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's the best player in the division. You could argue he's one of the best players in the sport in general. I mean, to me, it's just between him or Russell Wilson as far as who's the second-best quarterback in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes right now. So this is a You're, special, whoa, special whoa, talent. Whoa, whoa, T- time out. You have dramatically downgraded your hero, Aaron Rodgers. You're you putting him this. at four. I told you this. Wow. Well, I just want to <laughs> yes. make sure that Aaron knows. Okay, well, he does now, you jerk. Thanks for tattletailing on me, all right? <laughs> but, yes, I'm, I'm all in on Deshaun Watson. I know you are, too. I mean, I, I think we're both could be presidents of his fan club. He just, the way he handles himself, and, of course, the talent on the field is just extraordinary. He's one of the most fun players to watch in football. All right, uh, I, I agree with you. He would have been the clear-cut number one for me. And I, I'm going to stick with skill position players for now, although there are plenty of great non-skill position players in the AFC South. i got to go Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry has been quietly one of the best running backs of his time in the NFL. He doesn't get the credit that maybe he should. I think because it takes him so long to get going in a given season, Right. But, I mean, if, if he started off every year great, like all the fantasy football players would be clamoring for Derrick Henry. But, like, by the time Derrick Henry gets going, the people who stink at fantasy football have all checked out, right? It's just down <laughs> to the right. last few <laughs> hardcore players per league. People aren't updating their lineups. They're not making moves every week. They don't care anymore. But Derrick Henry, and we told him this in person at the Super Bowl, I mean, he is today's Jim Brown. Um, yeah. You know, now he take he needs two or three steps to get up to speed, but if he can get those two or three steps clean and get that locomotive rolling, he's unstoppable, Chris. Yeah, right. I mean, he is. He's he's a train. It's it's unbelievable to think that guy can run the way he does and deliver blows and make people miss. You know, you're right, it's a little bit of a build up speed, but that's fine. I mean, he's special. He's a specimen. I mean, Watching him run through the line of scrimmage, I mean, great Scott's Batman. I mean, who the hell is that guy? I mean, he's really – he's from, like, another planet. So, I'm with you. That would have been my uh, first pick if, if you had Deshaun Watson. So, I'm with you. That There's a no-brainer there. All right. I'm going to go down to the big uglies. I'm going down to the big Quentin Nelson, Indianapolis Colts. I, I'm going to take him. He's arguably the best offensive lineman in football. I think he is the best guard in football for sure. But, I mean, what he has done for that football team since he's gotten there, I mean, we, we, how many times do we show highlights of him during the season, of him moving people or crushing people? He seemed like he was on a, a weekly, you know, reel for us with that kind of stuff. Quentin Nelson, powerful, athletic, you know, pulling guard, will mash your face in. 
Uh, great kid off the field, too. Smart, really understands the game. So, yeah, Quentin Nelson, to me, the best offensive lineman in football and certainly one of the best players in the AFC South. All right, and I'm going to stay right there. And when there's training camp, if there's training camp, here's hoping there's training camp. I know. The old cliche, iron sharpens iron because there's a new arrival on the interior of the defensive line for the Colts. And when the ones go against the ones, Quentin Nelson and DeForest Buckner are going to cross paths. And, oh, my gosh, run for cover when that happens. Buckner hasn't played yet for the Colts, but he's on the roster, traded from San Francisco to Indianapolis, a surprise move on the first day of uh, free agency back in March. Basically, the 49ers had a certain amount of money available for Eric Armstead or DeForest Buckner. Buckner didn't want it. Armstead did. Armstead got it. Buckner got traded. And now that's the Colts gain because this guy's one of the premier interior defensive linemen in all of football. He's the highest paid interior defensive lineman in all of football right now. And for the Colts, who never pay huge money to anyone under Chris Ballard to give market value to to DeForest Buckner and give up the 13th overall pick, that tells you what they think of him, Chris. Yeah, right. It does. You're right. I mean, to pay him that type of money and give up the 13th pick, I think they felt confident that they weren't going to find a defensive tackle, a pick 13 that was in DeForest Buckner's class. He's special. I mean, he's a giant human being. We know that. And you're right. Those will be worth the price of admission watching those two battle it out during training camp. All right. Here's where I'm stuck. Man, I don't know where to go uh-huh. here. I know. I, there's two linebackers in the running for me here. And I want to – okay, I, I don't want to pick another Colts player. Since you picked one, I picked one. This would be three in a row. So If they're and, the best well, player – I mean, what kind of logic is that? If they're the best players, they're the best players. Who cares? Well, because it's close, I think. But, okay, fine. All I'm right. going to go with Darius Leonard. You, you talked me into it. I'm going with Darius Leonard. You know, I, I was thinking about Miles Jack for Jacksonville. That was the other guy because I think he's in this conversation for best linebacker in football. I mean, Darius Leonard, since he's coming to the league, small college, he's awesome in the pass game, got a great nose for the football. He's all over the place. I mean, Mike, am I right? I mean, he made all pro as a rookie. You just, you don't see that very often. So, And not the Pro Bowl. Not the Pro Bowl, but made all pro, pro. which is a much higher bar. A much higher bar. You're right. I mean, we've seen guys who, you know, are barely starting on their own team make the Pro Bowl the last few years. So, uh, but Darius Leonard... Yeah, he will be my third pick. He's one of the best linebackers in the sport, can do it all, cover people, stop the run. Uh, He's been a great addition. Really one of the great draft picks of Chris Ballard's tenure so far. And you mentioned Miles Jack, and you're right. He's one of the great linebackers in football, and he got a big contract. And I'm amazed in hindsight that he got that because the point you make about Jadavian Clowney's knee all the time, the bone-on-bone, yeah, right. the micro-fracture, Miles Jack's got that ticking time bomb in his knee too. And that's a position where you take a lot of contact. You have to worry about your legs getting caught up in all the cluster of bodies that are always hovering around you. But, you know, Miles Jack's been great for the Jaguars and one of the young, great players that they've managed to find a way to keep instead of say farewell to all right as we say farewell to this draft i'm going to go with a guy are you there, taking probably are you taking miles I'm, jack no no i'm taking yannick Ngakwe, a guy the jaguars will be saying farewell to most likely but for now he's in the division so he's yes. still in the division he he may never play in the division again unless he's traded to one of the other teams but yannick Ngakwe, one of the premier pass rushers franchise tag and really if the jaguars weren't holding out for a first round pick plus they probably already would have a trade for him chris yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. Uh, they would. I mean, you would think that you know, D Ford type deal could get done, but 
they're going to hold on to them, wait to wait to see what they get, maximize their leverage here. And I'm sure there's some team that's going to come out of the draft and go, man, we didn't get the pass rusher we wanted. We didn't address that need. And that, of course, will increase the value of Yannick Ngakwe on the market. And let me just say this. If the Jaguars are going to trade him for a first-round pick, it makes so much more sense to hold that trade until the pick is on the clock. You don't want to jump into that spot and then have everyone speculating below you who the Jaguars want and maybe we have to leapfrog them. Wait until that pick's on the clock and then you swoop in and you don't give anyone who's behind that pick a chance to get in front of you if they guess right on who you're looking for. So there may be, there may already be a deal done for Yannick Ngakwe for a first-round pick, maybe more. But if I'm Dave Caldwell, the GM of the Jaguars, I'm saying none of this gets out until that pick's on the clock. We want to have maximum value, and you have maximum value by letting no one else know that you're going to have that pick until it's time to use that pick. All right, it's time to take a break. When we return, as promised, a bit of news directly relevant to something we were discussing earlier in the program. If you're confused, good. That means you'll stick around and hear what it is. We'll be right I'm back. I'm confused. <laughs> you're always confused. We addressed earlier in the program the rules for the virtual offseason program. We raised the question of whether or not Dak Prescott would be participating because there was a strong belief he would not be showing up for the real offseason program without a long-term contract from the Cowboys. That's his leverage for now, saying, I'm not going to show up for anything until you pay me. Chris, I am told that Dak Prescott, without a long-term contract from the Cowboys, will not be participating in the virtual off-season program. So even though all he has to do is stay at home, even though it's only four hours a day, even though they're trying to get Mike McCarthy and new coaching staff or adjusted coaching staff up to speed with the players, and hey, no starting quarterback will be involved in the virtual off-season program absent the contract that Dak Prescott believes he deserves from the Cowboys. Wow. I mean, that that's big news. Um you know, I, I'm not saying I'm shocked, but I wasn't sure which way he would go here. Like we talked about earlier in the show, I thought maybe he would get involved in these some of these meetings just to get indoctrinated into the offense and maybe some of the new terminology and ideas. But he's driving a hard bargain. And he I mean, it, 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 to me, it's unbelievable, really, Mike. You know, I, I know that I, I wish Dallas would have sweetened that last contract offer that we heard about where they gave him a little less guaranteed money than Carson Wentz. All right. I mean, that's I look at that. But I mean, what does he really want out there on the market? I'm just really intrigued about what he's asking for. But he can't get to the market. That's the thing. And here's the reality. You're saying he's driving a hard bargain with the Cowboys. The Cowboys have taken full advantage of every rule under the CBA that benefits them as it relates to Dak, uh, Dak Prescott. Once he had his third year in, they didn't come to him and say, this is a joke that you're only going to make $4 million or $2 million, excuse me, next year in the fourth year of the contract. We're going to get you taken care of now before you have to go through another season where you could get injured. You could have your performance dip. We're going to pay you now. We think you deserve it. We think you've earned it. They didn't do any of that. They squatted on him through his entire rookie contract, and then they used the franchise tag to keep him off of the open market. I mean, ultimately, I, we're, we're so desensitized to the franchise tag. The franchise tag is the device used by the teams to prevent the player from finding out what he's really worth. 
Like, hey, well, Cowboys, well, if you're confident, if you're confident you're going to pay him, let him go out on the market and see what's out there. But they refuse to do it. So he can his rights are under the CBA to refuse to participate in the offseason program. And I support it. I do, too. I got no problem with that. I'm just, you know, and I, I misspoke by saying I know we can't get to the open market. I'm just interested in what he's asking for. What's the number that is going to satisfy him and his team right now uh, to, to make this go? You know, wh- where is it? Do you have any inkling of what that might more. be? I mean, is he look, what is it? More? More. <laughs> yes. More. Uh, I mean, I've heard, you know, we've seen the number 35, and that's 35 from scratch, not 35 new money because there's no new money. It's a new contract, and it's going to be $35 million per year from the moment he signs it if that's what he can get. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, Titans coach Mike Vrabel had a very important message for all of Tennessee and anyone else in the world would be wise to heed it. We'll share it with you next year on PFT. As in everything, especially with the Tennessee Titans football season last year, it's not necessarily how you start, but it's how you finish. Uh, we, we can't allow all our great efforts as a community and, 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 uh, and leadership to, to stop because we're halfway home or, or we're close to halftime. We have to make sure that we have the resolve to stay positive, to follow the guidelines, to finish, and have the resolve to see this thing through. That's Titans coach Mike Vrabel yesterday with Nashville Mayor John Cooper. We're at a critical time in our efforts to contain the coronavirus because we're starting to sense that maybe the clouds are parting a little bit and there's a temptation there to maybe not be as vigilant as we've been about compliance with all of the various requirements from washing your hands, not touching your face, to staying at home, Chris. And that was part of Rabel's message. Stay at home. Don't get soft now just because it's getting nicer out and you're sick of being home. We need to finish this through. We need to do it right. And that's a powerful message from a guy like Mike Vrabel. And I wonder what Vrabel would say to any of his guys if he knew that those guys were violating stay-at-home orders. I wouldn't want to have to answer to Vrabel on that one. No, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to have to answer to Mike Vrabel on anything. I mean, he's a, he's a big, <laughs> scary dude. I mean, we know that. <laughs> he beat and, the crap and, and out of both of us at the same time. <laughs> he, he doesn't like you. We yeah, always I don't sense think he likes when he's around is that he doesn't like you. I agree. I mean, the last two times we've had an interview with him, I'm like, that guy does not like me. But all right, that's all right. I'm sure that he get in line, Mike. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't like me. (laughs) I think it's like uh, Jaws and the Exorcist back in the 70s for both of us. The line is around the block and then some for both of us. So we can we can carry that one. But I do think Mike Vrabel would be the type to call a player and be like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, what the hell are you doing? This is serious times. I think he would be that kind of coach that you know, might stick his nose in there. I don't want to say stick his nose in there. Do the right thing and show leadership. And that's another good deed by him. You're right. We're close right now. Let's not like say, oh gosh, the clouds are parting and everything's great. And now, you know, lose everything that we've gained here the last few months. So let's be smart about this. Let's really kick this thing in the butt. And then maybe by the fall time, we can really start to get back to some normalcy in life. All right, the good news next week, Chris is going to work five days because it's draft week. The bad news is we only get him three days this week. So tomorrow, taking Chris's place, drum roll please, the big cat is back from his apartment in New York. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. See ya.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.